From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome. Good to have you for this Monday edition of Washington Watch. Well, coming up, events over the weekend in Russia remind us just how volatile this world really is. Clearly, uh, we see cracks uh, emerging where they go, if, if, if anywhere. Uh, wh- when they get there, very hard to say. I don't want to speculate on it, uh, but I don't think we've seen the final act. That was Secretary of State Anthony Blinken yesterday on ABC This Week responding to the Russian mercenary force under the direction of Yevgeny Prigozhin, challenging Vladimir Putin. Retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, former Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence, joins me later for that conversation. And who's lying? Mr. Weiss had, in fact, more authority than a special counsel would have. He has complete, he, has, he had and has complete authority, as I said, to bring a case anywhere he wants, in his discretion. That was the Attorney General Mary Garland on Friday. The Attorney General's statements contradict the statements from IRS and FBI whistleblowers. So Republican members of Congress want to know who is lying, the whistleblowers or the Attorney General, when it comes to who may have been blocking the investigation into Hunter Biden. We'll talk with Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale in just a moment. Following FRC's town hall meeting for life last week in Iowa, Republican presidential hopefuls gathered over the weekend for the Faith and Freedom Conference hosted by our good friend Ralph Reed. And guess what? There, of course, remains a vital role for the federal government in protecting unborn life. I will fight for you like no president has ever fought before. We'll get something done for the country. We're going to be for the country. We will defeat the radical Democrat policy of extreme late-term abortion, and we will bring everybody together to protect our precious unborn babies in a very, very big way. That, of course, was uh, former President Donald Trump speaking to the Faith and Freedom Coalition on Saturday. Increasingly, the Republicans are regaining their footing on protecting the unborn. We'll take a look at where all the candidates stand on life with FRC Action's Brent Kylan a little later on this edition of Washington Watch. And should we believe them? That was marchers in the New York City drag march on Friday singing, saying, chanting, we are queer, We're here and we're coming for your children. I would say believe them. The evidence is overwhelming. They are coming for our children. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. And speaking of the left's perverse agenda. I think it's time for us to do something to to make our voice known that this we will not let this happen in the U.S. military. Woke ideology and the drag queen shows have no place in our military. Zero bupkis. That is not the way to recruit people to the military. That was Missouri Congressman Mark Alford in the House Armed Services Committee last week as the Congress was working on the National Defense Authorization Act. That's the the act that both directs the funding and the activities of the military. Congressman Mark Alford joins us later. Our word for today comes from Matthew chapter 13. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. 
And when the laborers wanted to pull up the weeds, the master said this, Let both grow together until the harvest, and at the time of harvest I will say to the reapers first, Gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. You know, the evil we see in the world today is disheartening. It's concerning. But we must not miss the good that God is doing. We're living in exciting times, and as we move toward the final harvest, we're going to see even more good along with the evil. Let's not get lost in the weeds. Let's stay focused on the mission God has given us to know Him and to make Him known. To find out more about our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org slash Bible. Before I bring in our first guest, I want to thank all of you who have either called or text to partner with FRC to make sure Washington Watch continues to air on stations all across America. Thanks to some generous donors, if you would like to partner with us today, your gift will be doubled by a $1.5 million matching challenge. For partnering with FRC as we come to the end of our fiscal year this week, I'd like to send you a digital copy of my new study guide on Nehemiah, Rebuilding a Nation, for your gift of $7 or more. We've got folks standing by to take your call at 800-225-4008. That's 800-225-4008. Or text the word GIVE to 67742. That's the word GIVE to 67742. Together, through the power of God, we can rebuild the spiritual walls of our nation. Well, following what many perceived as a mutiny in Russia Friday night, Russian mercenary leader Yevgeny Progrosian publicly spoke for the first time today, claiming he was not seeking to overthrow Russian President Vladimir Putin, but instead unseat Putin's Minister of Defense, as well as the Armed Forces Chief of the General Staff. The Kremlin projected business as usual throughout today, followed by remarks from a visibly angry Vladimir Putin this evening in Russia. Joining me now to discuss this and more is Congressman Matt Rosendale. He serves on the House Committee on the Veterans Affairs the House Committee on Natural Resources. He's a member of the Freedom Caucus. He represents the 2nd Congressional District of Montana. Congressman Rosendale, welcome back to Washington Watch. Always good to see you. Tony, it's always good to be with you. Before we get into Russia and uh, the topic of who's telling the truth about the effort to block the Hunter Biden investigation, a very active weekend in Montana, a train derailment in Yellowstone River and another high-flying balloon flying over your state. Bring us up to date. So, first of all, the train derailment, uh, I would like to say we are very blessed. No one was hurt. No one was injured. And and we, right now, are trying to clean up the mess. Uh, We have a bridge that uh, went over the Yellowstone River. It's collapsed. We don't know whether the derailment of the train uh, collapse the bridge or whether the bridge collapsing caused the derailment of the train. That will be sorted out over the uh, next probably couple of weeks. We do have National Transportation Safety Board and the Federal Railroad Administration there on the site. Uh, we have already mobilized cranes to remove the tankers from the water. Uh, the tankers that went into the water contained asphalt and sulfur. Both items, as soon as they hit the cool water, solidified. So that kept us from having uh, extreme contamination downstream. So all of the municipalities have their water systems working again. But we do have a heck of a cleanup to take care of. And the bridge has to be rebuilt because there's a lot of commodities that need to be moved around 
uh, the nation from the state of Montana. We also have a fiber optic co- cable that was hanging on that bridge that should be functional in a temporary situation by tomorrow. And now they're starting to uh, go through that process of, of determining exactly what happened and uh, how much time is it going to take to get us up and running again? Meanwhile, rerouting all the traffic around that area. And then, of course, we had yet another balloon fly over the uh, state of Montana. Fortunately, Tony, I've got a bunch of very vigilant constituents that watch what is going on. Uh, when the Chinese spy balloon was detected, that that wasn't, uh, unfortunately, the federal government coming out and giving information to the citizens. Our citizens saw that balloon. And one of our very, very talented photographers in Yellowstone County, Larry Mayer, took uh, uh, images of the uh, Chinese spy balloon with some very sophisticated equipment that he has and said, hey, we've got something going on here. And finally, the government fessed up, confessed to it. And as we all watched it uh, on the evening news, as it traveled across the country and was finally taken down over the Atlantic Ocean. So when my constituents contacted me last night and said, we have another balloon that has been detected, they have actual tracking devices. And then I reach out to DOD to find out what's going on. And the response that I receive is that uh, the device is flying high enough and it is small enough that we don't believe that it's probable that it ha- that it's probable that it has any uh, intelligence or surveillance equipment on it, and so we aren't going to use the resources to identify it any further. I said, "Well, I will tell you that does not give me or any of my constituents uh, any peace of mind." And fortunately, they have gone out now and and done some additional detection and 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 shared with us that it is a private balloon and is collecting uh, information as far as weather. But but all aspects of government, as you referred, Merrick Garland and, and the, uh, the Attorney General's Office and the Department of Justice, they are losing credibility. And when we lose confidence in the very institutions that, that keep the form and structure for our government, that is a problem. Well, let's jump into that, Congressman Rosendale. The uh, the there's allegations from whistleblowers that the Justice Department interfered with IRS and FBI investigations into Hunter Biden. Uh, Merrick Garland says didn't happen that the uh, the investigator had full uh, authority in the investigation. But that's not what we're hearing. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy raised the possibility of impeachment proceedings from Attorney General for Attorney General Merrick Garland. Uh, What are you hearing? I am very concerned that we have uh, some individuals that have no other purpose uh, to gain uh, anything whatsoever, and they are coming out and saying that the institution, that the agency that they work for, uh, tried to keep them from doing their jobs. And and at this point, they have much more credibility than Merrick Garland because they have nothing to gain and they have everything to lose from coming out and being public about this. And and so when I talk to the people across the state of Montana, they are much more inclined to listen to uh, Mr. Weiss and Mr. Uh, Shapley. Let me ask you this, Matt. Do you, do you think that the Department of Justice is simply dragging their feet 
interfering trying to cover for President Biden and his son? I do. I think that this is straight up election interference. I do. And I think that we have massive problems within the Department of Justice. And I've said this for several years now. I really do. And unfortunately, as we go through our hearings and we've got the special committee for the weaponization of government, um, it doesn't give folks a lot of confidence because we are exposing the wrongdoing that is taking place within the highest levels of our government and the Department of Justice is supposed to be charging and prosecuting, and they aren't. Meanwhile, I have a gun shop located in Great Falls, Montana, where the heavy hand of government comes out there to use in complete Soviet-type intimidation tactics, and they show up with 20 armed IRS agents and take documents and forms about people's personal information that have nothing to do with finance whatsoever. And then people are, are very concerned about it. A final question. We're up against a break. Uh, Congressman Rosedale, do you think based upon what you just described there and what we've seen from the Department of Justice and the Attorney General, would the House impeach him if that comes to the House floor? That I that I can't answer. What I will tell you is that um, the House of Representatives is running differently now. We are fighting extremely hard to make sure that we have trans transparency and an open process. And, and so what will happen is that it will be discussed and debated, and then the facts of these issues uh, can be brought forward. And, and if the facts are there to support it, then yes, an impeachment will take place. And if not, then it won't. Right. But we're going to function in an open we'll atmosphere. Have to leave, we'll have to leave it there, Matt. Thanks so much for joining us. Folks, stick with us. We're back after this. Today, more than ever, men need a reminder of what biblical manhood looks like and to understand God's good design for them, to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain. They need a battle plan to truly live out their role. Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Kirtan's book, Strong and Courageous, a sequel to Man to Man, offers this battle plan so that men can pursue their God-given responsibility in a culture quickly turning away from God's design. The authors unpack the Old Testament book of Joshua as the focus of their study, asking readers to look to his leadership to help consider and apply the key principles of biblical manhood. It's time for men to accept their role in the family and community and truly embrace their God-given purpose. To order your copy of Strong and Courageous, A Call to Biblical Manhood, go to frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Again, that's frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Christians must be sure to faithfully think about the issues that have taken our culture and many of our churches by storm from a biblical perspective. Family Research Council's David Clausen, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book, Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage to help Christians better grasp the Bible's teaching about these issues. This study presents a biblical view of homosexuality, transgenderism, and marriage. With this new resource, readers will be giving guidance on specific questions related to preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and other matters that our churches must be discipling their members to respond to with love and biblical conviction. As part of the study, readers have access to supplemental videos by Dr. Albert Moeller, Dr. Heath Lambert, Reverend H.B. Charles, Dr. Christopher Yuan, Dr. Rosaria Butterfield, and others that expand and elaborate the themes of each chapter. To purchase a copy, go to hecreatedthem.org.
Today we find that global persecutions of Christians is growing more menacing every year. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares personal stories from those who have endured religious persecution and gives a close look at the dire situations Christians often face due to dangerous and sometimes deadly opposition to their faith. The book's true stories of persistence and faithfulness amidst crisis offer inspiration and hope. Heroic Faith also provides insights into the ideologies driving the hostility and persecution, what steps the U.S. government might take to help, and how readers can best respond to the struggles of the faithful. It is critical for us to learn from our brothers and sisters who are suffering deeply and to do whatever we can to help. You can get your copy of Heroic Faith wherever books are sold or by going to frc.org slash heroic faith. Again, that's frc.org slash heroic faith. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us on this uh, Monday. I hope you had a great uh, weekend. Well, last week, the Family Research Council held a town hall for life in Iowa. We did that uh, last uh, Wednesday night, and I was grateful that uh, Jody Heiss filled in for me on Thursday and Friday as I was traveling back. Now, at that town hall meeting, we were joined by Senator Lindsey Graham and others, Marjorie Dannenfelser with uh, Susan B. Anthony, Uh, And uh, so we discussed how supporting pro-life policies at the federal level is really a minimum price of entry for any Republican presidential candidate. And with the first post-Roe presidential campaign underway, GOP candidates uh, this past weekend spoke at the Faith and Freedom Coalition Conference and demonstrated that many of them are, in fact, committed to building this culture of life post Row. Join me now to discuss this is Brent Kylan, Vice President of FRC Action. Brent, welcome to Washington Watch. Good to see you. Thanks, Tony. Good to be with you. So it, it looks like we saw many of the candidates were listening to the messaging, while some Republicans have been running from the life issue uh, because the the midterm didn't turn out well for them because they allowed the Democrats to define their position. They didn't define their own position. But it appears now that some of the Republicans are getting their their, their footing, so to speak, on the life issue and ready to lead forward. Tony, I think you're exactly right, which is very encouraging to see. And and I'll say, you know, this, this uh, Road to Majority Conference, which was hosted by Faith and Freedom Coalition, as you mentioned last weekend, um, this is significant for a couple of reasons. One is... Some of these major presidential candidates are newer to the to the field. They haven't uh, they hadn't uh, officially launched their bids until recently. So this was the first event where all of these candidates were in Washington D.C. Uh, speaking together at the same event to the uh, to the same audience. And then um, the other factor is just that we're we're still relatively um, early on in this Republican primary. And so these positions really still are are being um, discussed, uh, being molded, if you will. So so what they say at events like this is is incredibly important, will shape the discussion. And and like you mentioned earlier, we got some very encouraging um, statements at this event. We had a 
number of them talk about the life issue. They did not run from it. They took some very good positions. We had former Vice President Mike Pence. He said, you know, at minimum, all of these candidates need to at least support a 15-week bill protecting unborn children, point at which they can uh, feel pain, suck their thumbs 15 weeks and after. We had former President Donald Trump say there is, emphatically, there is an important federal role to be played in protecting unborn children. We had uh, Tim Scott came out with some comments over the weekend, uh, similar to Vice President Pence's on the importance of that 15-week legislation. And, and Tony, I was um, I was pleasantly surprised even uh, Asa Hutchinson, the former governor from Arkansas, not really considered the most conservative in the candidate uh, in the field, candidate in the field. Even he said he would sign federal legislation if Congress passed it and sent it to his desk. So so some very encouraging statements for sure over the weekend. Yeah, I've, I've got a couple of those uh, clips, Brent, from this weekend. Uh, play clip five, followed by clip six, please. I want to say from my heart, Every Republican candidate for president should support a ban on abortion before 15 weeks as a minimum nationwide standard. And yes, as president, I would fight to make sure taxpayers funded, taxpayer funds are not used to support abortion. And if Congress acts, and if Congress acts, I will sign a federal law to restrict abortion as well as president of the United States. Of course, that last one was Asa Hutchinson. Prior to that was uh, Mike Pence, uh, former vice president, both speaking to this issue. Of course, uh, Florida Governor DeSantis also spoke this weekend uh, at the conference. And uh, play a clip of what he had to say, clip number seven. We have also delivered in Florida on promoting a culture of life. And that means signing the heartbeat bill into law that protects unborn children when there's a detectable heartbeat. It was the right thing to do. Don't let anyone tell you it wasn't. You know, Brent, we talked about this last week. While there are still some Republicans at the uh, federal level who are saying this is a state's issue, the Democrats don't see it that way. In fact, this weekend, there was another event, this one in North Carolina, where the vice president, Kamala Harris, spoke and this is what she said about uh, the issue at a pro-abortion uh, rally. Uh, play clip number nine. The United States Congress must pass legislation to restore the protections of Roe v. Wade. And when they do, President Joe Biden will sign it. Brent, no question there that they see this as a national issue. Uh, what do we see occurring at the grassroots level? Tony, if you look at the grassroots level on the Republican side, I mean, you are seeing, um, you know, many, many pro-life uh, voters who are engaging on this issue. I think at the grassroots level, they're they're really starting to formulate, uh, shape, impact the presidential primary um, at that level. We know this has always been an important issue. If you rewind a year ago, you know, when we had that Dobbs decision come down, uh, there there was the message uh, that was being put out there that, that was having some impact at the grassroots level saying, hey, 
Roe was overturned, uh, we can all go home now. But we, we've always known that wasn't the case. But I think particularly uh, at the grassroots level, much more aware of that. We have got a lot of work to do, and they're starting to voice that. They're starting to impact uh, the Republican candidates and their positions on the issue. And I think it's really kind of working it, its way up, if you will, to the, the positions right. we see them taking at the event to, over the weekend. Yeah, important point, uh, Brent, that this is not the time to listen to the media and uh, and those that saying this is is a, is not a winning issue. It doesn't matter if it's a winning issue or not; it's the right issue. But the more that moms, dads, pastors, business leaders, everybody begins to talk about this issue, it is going to work its way up, and we're going to see more of the presidential candidates and the others speak about it. Brent Kylan, thanks so much for joining us. Great to see you today. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. All right. Stick with us, folks. On the other side of the break, Congressman Mark Alford of Missouri joins us. Men are constantly told that there is no place for their thoughts and concerns about abortion. However, this attitude ignores the fact that both women and men are deeply and personally affected by abortion. Furthermore, one does not have to be a woman to know that abortion ends the life of an innocent, unborn child. Every man has a role to play in protecting unborn lives and supporting the mothers in their families and greater community, which is why FRC's Center for Human Dignity has released a resource titled A Man's Guide to Standing for Life. This resource was created to help men positively address the topic of life. This guide will equip men with phrases to utilize or avoid, as well as practical tips for helping to protect life and the expectant mother or unborn child he knows. Every man has the opportunity to be an unborn baby's hero by stepping in to support a mother and speaking up for her child's life. Get this free guide at frc.org slash pro-lifemen to learn more about the important role men play in protecting unborn lives. Have you seen the Now We Live series? It is a six-week worldview Bible study created in partnership with Family Research Council and Summit Ministries. This video series was put together to help Christians propel faith into action. It offers six free videos to prompt rich discussions about some of life's most foundational questions among churches, small groups, and families. Each video is led by well-known Christian voices and addresses questions regarding worldview, Jesus, truth, identity, and society. It's so important for Christians to both know the truth and to live in a way that is compatible with the truth. Being grounded in what is true and living out God's grace allows a believer's faith to truly transform one's own life and ultimately help transform a broken world. Equip yourself and other Christians to learn more about what it means to truly hold a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. Again, go to frc.org worldview. Tony Perkins, and this is Washington Watch. Thanks for tuning in on this Monday. And by the way, we still have folks standing by to take your call. If you'd like to partner with us as we come to the end of our fiscal year, our team members will take your call, 800-225-4008. That's 800-225-4008. We have a $1.5 million matching challenge. And uh, so you're Whatever you give will be doubled between now and the end of this week. And also, for any gift of $7 or more, I'd like to send you a copy, a digital copy of my new Bible study guide in the book of Nehemiah, Rebuilding a Nation. 
So uh, give us a call, 800-225-4008, or text the word GIVE to 67742. Republicans on both the House and Senate Armed Services Committee are moving to purge the Biden administration's woke policies from our nation's military that many point to the to undermining our efforts to retain and recruit good men and women to serve. Now, the committees in both chambers of Congress, Congress recently advanced the National Defense Authorization Act, which is the measure that allocates uh, both where the monies go and the policies that govern our nation's military. It's the one time in a divided government that the Republicans that do not control the executive branch have an opportunity to shape policy because this is one of those must-pass pieces of legislation. It passes every year. So what's next in this process? Where does it stand? Will our military become focused on its main mission and away from these woke priorities of the left. Well, joining me now to discuss this is Congressman Mark Alford. He serves on the House Armed Services Committee, the House Agriculture Committee, and the House Small Business Committee. He represents the 4th Congressional District of Missouri. Congressman Alford, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thank you so much, Tony. We're live in our district office in Lebanon, Missouri, not too far from Fort Leonard Wood. Well, I want to commend you. I watched uh, part of the House uh, Armed Services Committee hearing, and uh, you you worked very hard uh, to try to, to purge these woke policies from our nation's military. Give us an update on where things stand. Well, Tony, as you know, we've reached a critical point, a critical juncture in our nation's history with recruitment falling, uh, missing our mark in the Army by 25 percent last year. The Navy uh, just barely meeting its goal. The the Marines did meet their goal. But as we're facing this pacing threat from communist China, we need every able-bodied American who wants to sign up to be in our military to do so. Only 9% of Americans' young people want to join the military. And there's a reason for that. I think we've, lost, we've talked about this before. We've lost a sense of patriotism in our country. But also the woke indoctrination of our young people, it creeping into our military, the drag shows that we're seeing on on naval assets, ships, and on military bases, and also this digital advertising, digital ambassadors trying to recruit people into the military who who agree with their woke lifestyle. We need to put an end to that. And last Wednesday, I'm proud to say I was part of a team of Republicans who did something about it. We are defunding these policies. We're getting rid of the drag shows on military bases. And we are eliminating some funding for CRT programs and also some of the uh, organizations inside the military uh, responsible for spreading this wokeness doctrine. So you're, you were able to amend the uh, NDA. Tell us what your amendments did in, in going after the CRT, the diversity, equity and inclusion and the drag mm-hmm. queen uh, activities on these bases. Sure. We've got a long list. I'm, I'm going to read them. Uh, we're reining in the cost of training for uh, CRT. We're eliminating the chief diversity officer of the Department of Defense. We're funding prohibition to promote critical race theory at service academies. We banned the drag shows and drag queen story hours, and we got rid of the uh, digital ambassador program designed to, to do that. Uh, to bring more people into the military with woke ideology. These things together are going to work in concert to try to restore some sanity back to the process and in return, get young people interested in joining the military again. 
when this story came out a couple of weeks ago about this yeoman, uh, second class, who was a drag queen, still is, uh, performing on ships and naval assets and a digital ambassador trying to get people to join up in the military and supported by our military to do so. I had people in our district, veterans, uh, fathers and grandfathers, call our office and say, hey, I am not going to encourage my grandson or son or daughter or, or granddaughter to be in the military because it has gotten way out of hand. I think this is a first step in getting things uh, righted in America with our military. You're absolutely right. I hear that all the time. Uh, and, and this is undermining our nation's ability to recruit men and women who are willing to serve and, if necessary, lay down their lives for this country. What's the next step uh, in this process, Mark? I think the next step is uh, as we move forward with a new chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, it looks like it's going to be Secretary Brown from the Air Force, still has to go through uh, confirmation. We need to make sure, and I've had conversations with him on the phone and also in committee, uh, that we have the understanding uh, that maybe Chairman Milley did not have and maybe the Secretary of Defense Austin does not have, that we need for our generals to not be politicians, but to be generals and lead a patriotic army, especially as we encounter the communist Chinese and this uncertain threat now from Russia and the instability there in Ukraine. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They need to go back to their primary mission, and that is to fight and win wars, period. Exactly. Congressman Alford, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. God bless, Tony. All right. Uh, I tell you what, he did a great job fighting for these amendments and um, appreciate his leadership on Capitol Hill. All right. Coming up, I'll discuss what we saw at pride events and parades throughout the weekend and uh, what was what they actually admitted about targeting children. We're going to talk about that. Believe them when they say it. And then we're going to be joined by FRC's own General Jerry Boykin. Take a look at what's happening in Russia. Don't go away. We're back after this. Are you prepared to pray, vote, and stand for biblical truth? It is imperative that Christians pray for their community and culture to steward their role as a citizen by voting and to stand for biblical truth. This means that Christians must be intentional about seeking after the Lord in all things. You can join Family Research Council and FRC Action President Tony Perkins in this mission as he hosts the Pray, Vote, Stand broadcast to inspire brothers and sisters in Christ to turn their attention to the Lord first and in every compartment of their lives. Tony is joined by experts, elected leaders, and Christian leaders for this weekly half-hour program to help you see through the fog created by the biased mainstream media. Watch the Pray, Vote, Stand weekly broadcasts and commit to pray for our nation, to stand for truth, and to seek the Lord first. Just go to PrayVoteStand.org. Again, that's PrayVoteStand.org. Tech censorship is on the rise. Big tech companies are attempting to cancel conservatives and Christians, which is why here at Family Research Council, we've decided to be proactive so that big tech cannot silence us completely. FRC has a text subscription platform to be sure we can continue to keep you in the loop. That way, you can still find updates on faith, family, and freedom. You can get FRC's content straight to your phone. Just sign up for our text alerts by texting STAND to 67742. Again, you simply text STAND 
and to 67742, and FRC will send you special alerts on the issues that matter to you. By subscribing, you'll also be one of the first to know about our upcoming events and programs. All of this info is yours with just a simple text. You'll have access to content that will help you continue to stand for faith, family, and freedom, and you'll know about opportunities to connect with like-minded community. Just text STAND to 67742 and be the most informed person you know. Finding a quality news source today in this media-saturated world can be incredibly difficult. It is important to stay informed on what is going on in the world, but you need a news source you can trust. That is why Family Research Council created The Washington Stand, an online news platform with a mission to provide readers with free, factual news stories and commentaries all from a biblical worldview. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide reliable information on the most crucial issues of the day ranging from breaking news on the hottest Supreme Court decisions to details on the latest public education stories, updates to domestic and international religious liberty cases, and more. We want you and your family to stay informed on what is happening in the world that affects faith, family, and freedom. Be encouraged, be in the know, and stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. That's WashingtonStand.com. Welcome back. I'm Tony Perkins, your host. Good to have you with us on this Monday. All right, mark your calendar, September the 15th through the 17th, the Pray Vote Stand Summit. Uh, later this week, I'm going to have some uh, probably exciting news uh, about uh, some of the guests that are going to be there. So you want to go ahead and register. Go to prayvotestand.org uh, for that event that's coming up again, September the 15th through the 17th in Washington, D.C. Again, I also want to thank all of you who have called to text or partner with FRC to make sure that this program continues to air on stations all across America. And thanks to some generous donors, if you would like to partner with us today, your gift will be doubled by a $1.5 million matching challenge. Now, for partnering with FRC during this uh, critical time, as we come up to the end of our fiscal year, the end of this week, I'd like to send you a digital copy of my new study guide, Nehemiah, Rebuilding a Nation, for your gift of $7 or more. So just give us a call. We've got folks standing by to take your call, 800-225-4008, or text the word GIVE to 67742. Okay. I want to, before I bring the general in here in just a moment, we take a look at what's happening in Russia. I want to take a look at what's happening in our own nation. Uh, This uh, past weekend, several pride parades uh, going on across the country. But I want to take you to to New York City. This was Friday. It was the drag march. And this is uh, what they were chanting uh, during this march. Now, this is uh, play clip number 10. Now, if you're watching this, you'll notice that part of the screen was blurred out because of the nudity that was involved here on the streets of New York City. But here's what they were saying. We're here. We're queer. We're coming for your children. We're here. We're queer. We're not going shopping. We're here. We're queer. We're not going shopping. We're coming for your children. Now, there are some say, oh, they were just trying to, uh, to get people on the right all worked up. 
No, not really. When evil speaks, you need to listen when it talks about evil. Now, I, I want to—by by the way, this is not the first time. In, in July of 2020, the San Francisco Gay Men's Choir sang a song— uh, that talked about um, converting their children and how this was coming to your home. And we can go back even to uh, to 2015, where uh, LGBTQ activists, being honest, admitted that this, this was all about indoctrinating and grooming children. So this is this is not the first, and it's not designed just to elicit a response from the right. It is speaking truth. In their arrogance and their pride, they are speaking truth. They are coming for your children. Now, I've made this point before how this is, is really spiritual in nature. Right? This is, it's evil. Okay, it's, it's, it, there, there's only, there's good and there's evil. There's God and there's Satan. There's that which is good that comes from light and there's that which is evil and comes from darkness. It's demonic. Now, this is, this was this, uh, this group before they started their march, they had a, an invocation, more of an incantation. Play clip number 11. We invoke, we invoke and cast a circle. It is a circle of protection, inclusion, and power. Would you like to invoke with me tonight? So that's what a uh, drag march uh, responsive reading looks like. And, and, of course, it goes on, and they invoke all of these things. In fact, they invoke uh, the, the spirit of riots from the past, uh, and they're marching in the city to bring all of this together. I mean, it, it, is, it is pure evil. And this is, this is the so-called innocuous uh, story queen, uh, uh, drag queen story hours that they're doing. This is, this is about indoctrinating children. This is not harmless fun. This is not the Carol Burnett show. These are individuals that are seeking to deceive and destroy our children. And, and it's not just coming from these people dressed up weird on the streets of New York. It's coming from the highest offices of this country. It's coming from the White House. It's coming from President Biden. He is fixated on this agenda, and his Department of Education is pushing it. This is what's at stake in elections, really the future of our country and our children. This is why we need parents that say enough is enough if you can get your children out of public education run for school board, become teachers, stand up against this agenda, and vote. We need to be praying, we need to be voting, and we need to be standing for this truth, for the truth of God. And again, I invite you to join us for the Pray, Vote, Stand Summit, September the 15th through the 17th. This will be one of the things we'll be focused on, and how we can counter this agenda. All right? So go to prayvotestand.org. All right, as I mentioned at the top of the program, over the weekend, Russian President Vladimir Putin experienced the biggest challenge to his power in decades when a group of Russian 
mercenaries led by the founder and uh, former Putin ally, uh, Evgeny Progrosian, invaded Russia and got within 125 miles of Moscow before abruptly making a U-turn away from the Russian capital. Now, Putin's regime has relied heavily on this group of mercenaries as a key allied fighting force in their unprovoked invasion of neighboring Ukraine. Joining me now to discuss this, what it means and what we might expect, is FRC's Executive Vice President, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. He was a founding member of the Army's elite Delta Force, former Deputy Undersecretary of Defense for Intelligence uh, during the Bush administration. General, welcome back to Washington Watch. Always great to see you. It's good to be with you, Tony. So, General, what happened over the weekend in Russia and how significant is it? Well, the head of of this organization um, decided that his troops were not being taken care of. He decided that uh, he was not getting the uh, ammo, the materiel, the food, or or any kind of priority. And he had been claiming that it was the fault of both the defense minister as well as the uh, chief of staff of the military. So uh, he broke ranks and uh, took out about... uh, they say 25,000 troops, but I'm not sure that that's actual, and uh, headed towards Moscow with them. And I, I think, in my mind, it was a ruse to start with. I mean, it, it was it was against uh, Vladimir Putin, but I don't think that it was a serious effort to bring down Putin. I think it was a serious effort to bring down those two uh, people that I just mentioned that he was really upset with. So where do they go from from here? Now, I understand that um, he is going to go to Belarus, which is allied with Russia. What what uh, what comes of this? Is this shaking uh, Putin's power? Is this showing that there are factions uh, within their coalition? Well, I think it most assuredly. This shows the factions. Uh, this shows a couple of them. There are others, too. And and. They're not the only ones. Uh, the Wagner Group is, uh, has been there since almost the beginning of this invasion. They've been the most cruel uh, of any of the fighting forces on the ground there, and there are others similar to them that are going to come out now. I think you, you're going to see them because there's an opportunity here for them to actually make a lot of money, and they are mercenaries, and don't forget that. Mercenaries... Uh, fight for the high bidder. They don't have a raison d'etre. They just fight for whoever gives them the most money. So I think you're going to see a lot of things here happen in probably in the next maybe even three or four days that that are going to really rock Putin. They're going to rock him back on his heels. But what's going to happen with precaution? Um, I don't know. Nobody does. He may not even know what he's going to do. But I don't think he's going to stay in Belarus because that is he, he better wind up buying the very best taster that he can find if he's going to stay anywhere near the Russian capital. Yeah, Putin doesn't seem to forgive very easily. This mercenary force, according to Russian uh, law, they're not allowed to be aligned with mercenary forces but yet this uh, mercenary force has been doing a lot of bidding of the Russian government and Putin in particular. How are they funded? 
Well, they're funded by uh, Putin. They're funded by the oligarchs. They're funded by some of the uh, industry there. Uh, and they make a lot more money than the average uh, uh, Russian soldier who is really nothing but a conscript in most cases. What about their level of training? Now, they are trained well, and they have uh, they put some big money into uh, getting people uh, from South Africa or other places uh, and, and their own people that have had experience in uh, Chechnya and uh, Syria and other places like that that actually have something of value to, to give these people. Uh, they, uh, they are very well trained for the atmosphere that they're in. And if you look at the, uh, the reports that are coming out of there, they are the most brutal. And they are the ones that have killed more people, have, have slaughtered innocent people, uh, they are not good guys. And that's what we need to remember. There are no good guys here. There are no good guys mm -hmm. here. These people are bad. Well, are they any worse well, than the Russian army? Probably not. Being that they're mercenaries and they're not a part of, connected to a state in particular, how do you hold them accountable for war crimes? Uh, the International Tribunal. Uh, as you well know, I operated uh, in the Balkans right after the war there to bring uh, people to to the uh, the court system there and to have them put on trial there and then disposed of, and I don't mean in a lethal way, but disposed of in terms of their determination as to where they would spend the next 30 years or 40 years or something like that. But uh, this is, th these people... Uh, have killed a lot of people, and now I think it's time for uh, for the the international criminal tribunals to get cranked up and get ready because there's a lot of them out here, and I think a lot of them are the Wagner Group, and I think that uh, we need to get ready and uh, and and really make this a serious effort to find these people, to capture them, and to bring them to justice. And this has this is a, there's a message to the whole world. If we can do this right. Is this something that the United States should be taking the lead on? Well, I don't know whether we should take the lead on it or not, Tony. I will tell you, though, that if we don't, it probably won't get done. It'll probably, there'll probably be some dollars exchanged to look the other way. I saw that when I was uh, rounding up war criminals in the Balkans uh, and, and, you always saw somebody buying somebody else off and uh, you couldn't tell anybody what your plans were. So we found out with five other countries that were working with us, uh, there were only two or three of those that we could, could count on. And that was the British. We could always count on the British. And uh, to be honest with you, we, we could, for the most part, we could uh, count on the Germans. Uh, and so that's going to be a big factor if they get in there and try to start bringing these people to justice. But they've got to do this at some point, whether it's now or whether it's after this this war has been settled one way or another. And this will be a bargaining chip because mm -hmm. Putin for sure will demand a guarantee that he will not be prosecuted. Uh, General, very quickly, we're almost out of time. Let me go back to. Uh, this uh, negotiated agreement between the Wagner Group and and Putin by 
the Belarus president. Where, where does that stand? What do we know about the details of that? Well, the uh, primary thing is that uh, all of the Wagner Group are given the opportunity to go and join the, uh, the Russian army. Now, I can't see why any of them would do that. That Again, they don't fight for a cause. They fight for money. I don't see why any of them would do that because they're not going to get paid what they're getting paid now. They're going to be at the bottom of the totem pole. Everybody is really angry with them. Putin is, certainly. And how are they going to be treated? I don't think it'll be very good. So my guess is that uh, that's not going to to fly. And uh, the other uh, issue that was uh, part of the agreement was that uh, <laughs> the Precaution would be able to uh, take asylum there in in the in the Ukraine. I mean, not in the Ukraine, but in Belarus. Well, if you were him, would you take asylum in the country right on the borders of of Russia? Uh, I'm not, not given the relationship between uh, between Putin uh, and and him. It just it wouldn't it wouldn't be a safe place. No, get you a good taster. Taste all your food. All right, General. All right. Good well, we'll leave it there, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be watching this obviously very closely. General, thanks so much for joining us. Good to be with you. And folks, I want to thank you for joining us as well. Be sure and check out the website tonyperkins.com. Lots of resources there for you, and you can still uh, text give to six seven seven four two and join us as we come up to the end of our fiscal year. Until next time, I leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul, which are found at Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 